Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's Pharisee Watch, we're going to actually revisit subjects that we have covered five years ago. And we want to kind of tie some loose ends here. This piece by Chuck Carlson is entitled, Still More Blood on Judeo-Christians' Hands. And as you, if you've listened to us or read any of our material, our focus, of course, is on Judeo-Christianity, or what we know as Christian Zionism, and their support for wars, particularly in the Middle East, to protect Israel, the resultant killing of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or more of innocent lives because of these wars. And so we want to talk about another aspect of Judeo-Christian as evidenced by several killings, actually, that were done in the past few years. So I'm going to have Leslie read this introduction piece entitled, Still More Blood on Judeo-Christian Hands. Why a homeschooler attacked YWAM at Faith Bible Chapel in Ted Haggard's New Life Church by Charles E. Carlson, December 4, 2012. Youthful Anders Brevik, lived in peace-loving Norway, he killed some 70. Dylan Klebold was a high school student at Columbine High School, and theater mass killer James Holmes attended University of Colorado. They have two facts in common with another mass killer, Matthew Murray. Each was bright, if not brilliant, young and troubled by society, Their respective parents seemed to have accepted without qualms. Matthew Murray went to his church and mission organization to kill. After killing four of his peers, he killed himself. He did us the favor of writing his own autobiography in advance, so we know why he did it. Let's not forget Matthew's sad story. As parents, teachers, and pastors in our own quest for success, And in many cases for financial and spiritual survival, we often ignore our responsibility to teach our children and grandchildren the more grim facts about the country and society we live in. I am guilty. How about you? Yes, we have left them to their own rooms with their own Internet and smartphones in their often lonesome quests to understand the hypocrisy of their shepherds. We pretend it is not there, and we unwind over a glass or two of wine, or worse yet, in Matthew's case, we leave it to our errant churches to provide moral guidance and direction. They have failed us. Moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, and teachers, it is time we face the reality of our crumbling society for the sake of our children. They need to know. We Hold These Truths focuses on our churches because we need them back with us. 
I pray that you will read my original article titled Behind Matthew Murray's Church Executions, More Blood on Judeo-Christians' Hands, first published on January 3rd, 2008. All right, thank you, Leslie. Now, we're, we're going to review this article, and if you're interested after hearing this, you'll want to go to the link to read the whole article, and you can also read some of the blogs from Matthew Murray, which are quite interesting and revealing. Chuck, why don't you just give us a little background on Matthew Murray and what he did in Colorado? Well, we'll learn about Matthew Murray uh, a little more in detail, but he was a homeschool 24-year-old who never really graduated from the homeschool, and uh, he wanted to be a missionary, and his parents dominated him, and they basically kept him in evangelical dispensational churches and missions through his entire life. His father was a brain surgeon. He was obviously very bright, and he sat in his room, and for some five years he wrote his memoirs about all the things that were wrong with the churches and the circumstances that he was being pressed into. We want to think of this in terms of what parents are saying to their children right now about the eight-day incident in Gaza where thousands of Palestinians were wounded and some 160 were killed, and we don't know what the final death count will be. And this was done right in front of the world, and kids sitting in their rooms with laptops and smartphones would be able to see this going on, and yet we have not found a single church that has raised an outcry about Israel's conduct in this war against, it's not a war, but this uh, assault upon the Gazans, assault and murder of the Gazans. This is going to have a cost because the kids are learning, and in our experiences in doing vigils at churches, we've come to the place where we try to talk primarily to the kids. We kind of instruct people that go with us that if they want to be helpful, ignore the people with gray hair, let them pass by, don't even look at them unless they want to really want to talk to you, but single out the kids and say to the kids, come over and talk to me. I want to talk to you about why we're here. We think it's time that the parents wake up, and the story of Matthew Murray gives the case of the exact kind of parents who are creating problems in their kids that they don't even know they're creating. And, of course, the churches that are aiding in this a tragedy that's going on. We'd like to start out with a poem entitled Depart From Me, Lawless One, written by P.M. Sharp. And Chuck is very familiar with this, but I think this will serve, this poem will serve very well to as an introduction to the discussion that we're going to conduct on the article that Chuck wrote in 2008, January 3rd, about this Matthew Murray and his mass killing in Colorado and the connection between Judeo-Christians, or as we call it, Christian Zionism, and these churches. Chuck? Pete Sharp, who wrote this poem that Leslie's about to read, Department for Me, O Lawless One, showed up without notice 
at a vigil we conducted at John Hagee's Night to Honor Israel, or actually Day to Honor Israel, Weekend to Honor Israel, in, at the Convention Center in Washington, D.C. in 2007. And he came there to help. And he drove all the way from Minneapolis to do it. He turned out to be a poet. And we've stayed in touch with him. And he wrote this poem about Christian Zionism, which is the subject that John Hagee, of course, calls himself a Christian Zionist. And Chuck, I might add, this is the event where John Hagee publicly declared or called for a preemptive strike against Iran. And it was documented by uh, Bill Moyer and his program. And you'll see it in some of our videos, the little clip where he says this. If you look at the video, Roots of Christian Zionism. Leslie, why don't you read this poem for us, please? Depart from me, lawless one. P.M. Sharp, October 3rd, 2007. Christian Zionist warmonger says, But Lord, Lord, we did all this in your name. The Lord replies, Really? Depart from me, lawless one. I never knew you. Make sure that isn't you, little Christian Zionist warmonger. Wake up from your speculative eschatological dreams now. Or is what you're having just a plain old scatological vision? Wake up before it's too late. Stop using prophetic scripture to facilitate your unchristian hate, or surely it will come back upon your own pate. All right, thank you. Now, Leslie, why don't you read some of Chuck's article, and then we want to discuss this a little in depth here. This is the article from January 3rd, 2008. Behind Matthew Murray's church executions, more blood on Judeo-Christian hands. Matthew Murray may be the first known assassin to aim his weapons at Judeo-Christians because they were Judeo-Christians. He was an insecure, deeply disturbed young man in need of counseling, if not treatment. Of this, there seems little doubt from Matthew Murray's own writings. But there is much more. What kind of help did he need And who could have saved these five lives? Four innocent strangers and Murray. There is much to be learned about Judeo-Christianity, Christian Zionism in most of Carlson's later writings, from Matthew's recorded diary left on blogs. The now infamous 24-year-old was a suburban Denver live-at-home son of a neurosurgeon. Yes, the killer was the son of a brain surgeon and a charismatic Judeo-Christian activist mother. Murray's well-documented blog posts reflect a frustrated and incomplete knowledge of Christian Zionism and some of its roots in Israel and neoconservatism. He wrote mostly about wrongs he felt against himself, both by his parents and Judeo-Christian organizations they supported. Matthew did not write about those who die daily because of Judeo-Christianity's support of war and its own form of bizarre Israel-first racism. 
His words are directed at his mother, the hypocrisy of the religious leaders she foisted upon him, and the related mission organizations that rejected his desire to serve. We are fortunate that Matthew's thoughts are uniquely available. For several years, he posted his most personal feelings on blogs, a matter of indisputable record. These writings suggested that his protective mother treated him like a 13-year-old and schooling him at home for 12 years in Bill Gothard's rarely used homeschool program that he hated. Murray said he could forgive his mother, but he deeply resented Judeo-Christian institutions that influenced her. He saw both institutions he ended up attacking as part of a false religion that he referred to simplistically as charismatic. He blamed the hypocrisy and inconsistencies on those who influenced his family, most frequently Bill Gothard and the disgraced leader of New Life Church, Ted Haggard, and youth with a mission, YWAM. Murray's attacked two separate institutions where he and his parents were intimately familiar and where he had been rejected in ways he specifically described in his blogs. Matthew's crime siege began at a student dormitory of the mission organization called YWAM, located on the huge campus of Israeli Patriot Megachurch Faith Bible Chapel in Arvada, Colorado. Matthew writes he had been a member of YWAM for some time, but he had been rejected from its foreign mission program for quote, medical reasons, unquote, without further explanation. There in the dormitory lobby, he shot to death a 26-year-old female resident from Minnesota and a man apparently at random. Then he traveled 100 miles to Colorado Springs to kill again at the huge and well-known New Life Church, which was also involved with the YWAM, and where, according to his writings, both he and his mother were well-known to some staff members. This writer finds it no coincidence that these same two megachurches, Faith Bible Chapel of Arvada and New Life Church, are the only two churches in Colorado to be featured in total of three Pharisee Watch articles over as many years. Project Straight Gate also selected Faith Bible Chapel for its first ever Colorado Vigil for Peace for, with Justice on May 20th, 2007 at its Night to Honor Israel Sunday. Project Straight Gate is premised on the belief that to stop serial wars, we must first expose the war-enabling apostasy of churches like and including the two Matthew selected for his terrible acts of vengeance. This writer has attributed the deaths of many innocent humans all over the Arab world to the acts of the leaders of Faith Bible Church of Arvada, Colorado and Living Word Church of Colorado Springs, Colorado. It is likely the blood Matthew Murray and those he senselessly assassinated is also on their hands. In no way does this writer imply that we approve of killing innocent or even guilty church members for enabling war. In fact, these five deaths probably would not have happened had someone told 
Matthew Murray about Project Straight Gates program to change churches like this by openly opposing them in a peaceful and Christ-honoring way. We oppose their teachings not with guns and not privately so we can be ignored, but openly in the presence of their congregations, some of who can be educated. Attempts to paint Matthew as insane or a satanic monster collapse when you read the painfully sad but often intelligent and perceptive accounts he posted on the Internet in the months prior to his killing spree. These show his active revolt against, quote, charismatic Christianity, unquote, which we call, quote, Judeo-Christianity, unquote. More recently, Christian Zionism, and which we described as an apostate subcult opposed for some of the same reasons Matthew described. We hold these truths has simply found a better way to respond. Matthew chose to turn away from Jesus and toward violence. He simply did not know how to change what he considered wrong. Instead, it changed him. It seems Judeo-Christianity was force-fed to Matthew as it has been spoon-fed to tens of millions but Matthew says he got it 24 hours a day. He saw himself as judged by his mother and those in Christian organizations that he correctly saw in their hypocrisy. Here is a quote from 10 reasons he believes his mother's church condemned him to hell. Why am I going to hell? First, I'm not perfect. Two, I'm an introvert. Three, I'm not popular enough to be a missionary with YWAM or any other church group. Four, I don't pay tithes at all. Five, I don't speak in tongues. Six, I don't worship Bill Gothard. Seven, I'm bisexual. Eight, I don't worship George W. Bush, Israel, and the Republican Party. Okay, and there's a lot more in the article here that Chuck has written if you are interested to delve into this a little bit deeper. But we see this, which might seem as a paradox, because these people are declaring the love of Jesus when you go to hear the services. And as long as you don't speak about Israel, I guess that's the real litmus test for me that I can see there's something wrong here when they can talk about the things that are happening in places like Africa and, and what's happening to those people and have compassion. But when it comes to Palestine, they literally turn their backs on what Jesus has taught us. And so, and, and, and a blind eye, absolutely. And Chuck's point that the youth can see this from the internet, they, they are connected, and so the uh, j just I was at a Chinese website, Xinha X I N H A News, and it's amazing. They even have an Israeli-Palestine conflict in there, and the amount of news that you get from a Chinese uh, source on the subject of Israel-Palestine is quite amazing, and it's not what you get here in our media here in the United States. 
mean what we don't get here. What we don't get, yes, exactly. And so we get a false picture of so many things, and these Christian Zionist Judeo-Christian churches basically hold up this charade, if you will, that it is somehow that the Israelis are only defending themselves, that they're the underdogs. And then we see instances like this. This is quite remarkable in the fact that we had already singled out these two churches for their Christian Zionism leanings and activities. Tom, I think Matthew gives us a little list here of exactly what you should detect if your church is indeed a Christian Zionist church. Not all the uh, seven items that he talks about why he's going to hell are sure signs, but uh, this notion, first, I'm not perfect. These are all things that he's really indicting his mother and his uh, and his brain surgeon father for, I suppose. They apparently stressed the idea of perfection in your worship. For I am an introvert. Uh, I don't know. He obviously felt inferior because he didn't find it easy to talk to people about these things. I'm not popular enough to be a missionary at YWAM. Well, what it really amounted to was that he saw things that others didn't, and it made him stand out so that he wasn't acceptable to them because he did not fully accept these other precepts that are requirements for YWAM. For instance, I don't speak in tongues. Obviously, speaking in tongues is acceptable at YWAM and at Ted Haggart's church and and with his mother. Uh, I don't worship Bill Gothard. This is the homeschool program that he was was forced upon him, and apparently Bill Gothard was held up as, he says elsewhere in the blog, an expert on everything. This idea of him being bisexual is a sort of an odd thing. He was 24, living at home, and didn't really have any friends of either sex. He was kind of a loner. So how serious he was about that, I don't know. But obviously his parents would have condemned someone who was homosexual, but they still put up with Ted Haggard's church. And Ted Haggard was later exposed as a secret, very seamy affair with men. Eight, I don't worship George W. Bush, Israel, or the Republican Party. This is a sure giveaway. Christian Zionists absolutely worship the state of Israel as a god, and Matthew Murray saw that. And then, of course, because the Republican Party and George W. Bush were always totally in support of Israel, they, of course, earned the support of the Christian Zionist Church, and that's probably why George W. Bush and the Republican Party got tossed in here, too. Interesting last, isn't it? It is. It is quite amazing, actually. Yes, yes, it is. And this is really coming in from a different angle. I mean, we've been focused on this Christian Zionist aspect and their support for wars in the Middle East to, as John Hagee says, to protect Israel. I mean, that's what what it's all about, that it's very sad for something like this to happen to these innocent people that were lives were snuffed out here. It's terrible. Obviously, there are millions of kids under the influence of Judeo-Christian families who can see through this stuff because with their iPhone, with their texting, uh, with their searches on the Internet. And uh, they, a lot of them have preoccupations with games and other 
and other things, but a number of the bright ones are going to find out and they're going to see the hypocrisy and they are seeing the hypocrisy of their parents and their parents simply don't know it. And this is what we keep right. telling people when we go to churches. The kids are the ones who can see it. The parents and the grandparents either snuff it or they can't see it at all because they've been there so long and they're so inculcated with, Christ, with the Judeo-Christianity that's taught by places like Faith Bible Chapel, uh, one of the worst. And by the way, one of the biggest churches anywhere in this big metropolitan area called Denver. So Matthew Murray, in a tragic way, was breaking away from his mother's powerfully held Zionist beliefs, and it, re it resulted in this, this disastrous thing. I guess I'd like to ask Leslie to go back to our little introduction that we wrote on this and read the last couple of paragraphs of that. Would you do that, Leslie, as a way of closing this? Tom, do you want to add something? Or Leslie, do you want to add something before we close it? Oh, I was going to say that the teachings of these churches only show very clearly that they've been sidetracked totally from the gospel itself, the gospel of peace. Exactly. The Ten Commandments, even? Yes. Thou shalt not thou kill, shalt not thou kill. shalt not, yeah. thou shalt not covet thou your neighbor's property, thou shalt not steal. Love thy neighbor as thyself, goodness. Yes. And I've, as I've reported before, I've seen it in this church that I've gone to for 20 years where you'll see it in Sunday school classes. One in particular that we're no longer involved with was where the teacher actually, who's written, as an author, has written books, gave a lesson justifying the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan based on Bible verses, which is really un unbelievable to me. I, it just, it's unfathomable that people uh, just take this without even thinking about what somebody like that is saying, that here we've justified these wars. It's been proven, like in Iraq, there were no weapons of mass destruction. It's amazing that people still can cling to these notions. And like Chuck said, the young generation is the hope. Yeah. And on the other hand, the churches are losing a lot of these young people because they see this hypocrisy, and certainly there's other influences in society that would get them into hedonistic lives and so forth, but they can see that to hypocrisy. I can add to that, Tom, that according to the Pew Foundation, 25% to 30% of the college students drop out of their religious activities in the first year of school, and uh, there's a reason for that. The kids have stored up these ideas, and once they get together and start talking about them, they then see the hypocrisy in what they've been taught, and they just turn away from it, and they turn away from Christianity with it. Yes. Leslie? I'm grateful for We Hold These Truths. When I was in my 20s, I think I've jumped from one denomination to another Protestant denomination because once I looked into their doctrines, and found how off base they were from the gospel, then I had to leave that church and move on. And I've had to move on and move on and move on. But I am very grateful for We Hold These Truths for bringing out this emphasis, and I hope the young people 
will find a peaceful Christian way of and join us with our vigils and wake up the churches that are sidetracked from the gospel. Thank you. That was well said, Leslie. And what is beautiful about these vigils, they don't have to be mass demonstrations where you need a lot of people. One person, if he's brave enough, can do this. But if you got a pal, two of you can actually do this, hold signs. And we found effective signs like, who would Jesus bomb? And choose life, not war are very, very challenging and deep messages. People, when they look at it, I know Choose Life, Not War sends a short circuit to many of the Judeo-Christian Christian Zionists because they say they're pro-life, but they have no problem with war. So those innocent deaths that we've so callously made possible to these continual serial wars that the United States is involved in, most recently in Iraq and Afghanistan, and with a push to go to war against Iran, and are basically turning our backs on the people of Palestine. Uh, Leslie, would you close this by reading the last paragraph that starts with moms and dads, grandpas and teachers, so on? As parents, teachers, and pastors in our own quest for success, and in many cases for financial and spiritual survival, we often ignore our responsibility to teach our own children and grandchildren the more grim facts about the country and society we live in. I am guilty. How about you? Yes, we have left them to their own rooms with their own Internet and smartphones in their often lonesome quest to understand the hypocrisy of their shepherd. We pretend it is not there, and we unwind over a glass or two of wine Or worse yet, in Matthew's case, we leave it to our errant churches to provide moral guidance and direction. They have failed us. Moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, and teachers, it is time we face the reality of our crumbling society for the sake of our children. They need to know. We hold these truths, focuses on our churches, because we need them back with us. All right, well, thank you for listening, and please pass this on to someone. We know this is a big battle, but pass it on if you find this program interesting and spread the word. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast, and please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.